Now turn with me this morning in your Bible. And we're going to read again Philippians chapter 4. And we'll read verses 1 through to 9 together. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through to 9. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Reading, of course, from the authorized version. The most faithful and reliable translation of the Holy Scriptures. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text this morning is taken from the latter part of Philippians 4, verse 3. It reads as follows, whose names are in the book of life. And I want to try and speak today on the theme the joy of knowing that your name is in the book of life. And even though I announced this at the end of last Lord's Day morning, I sort of regretted it. And to tell you the truth, I felt like running a mile uh, when I come to study this subject because I have got about 30 pages of notes and I thought this was going to be a very difficult subject indeed, Lord. And very few have actually preached on it, and many of the commentators just skipped over it. Remember that Philippians 4 verse 3 records the Apostle Paul's third general exhortation to the church at Philippi. And the third exhortation was about living a life of laboring together in the gospel. And last week we expounded this subject and we thought of the faithful worker addressed. An unnamed individual was addressed personally, passionately, publicly, and pointedly. He was given a job to do to try and bring about reconciliation to two women that had fell out, either with each other or fell out with Paul. He wanted those women to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I told you that this faithful worker was a saved man. That, that 
He was also a spiritual man, a sincere man. Think of the word true yoke fellow. And I told you he was a serving man. We then thought about the faithful workers associated with Paul. How they're mentioned. Noticing a mystery about them and the fact that they were many. And we closed with this thought. The faithful workers assured by Paul. And how did he assure them? Look at the text. Whose names are in the book of life. Now, it's not a wonderful statement in the Bible. It's not a one of tremendous confidence. Isn't there a note of certainty there? Whose names are in the book of life? Isn't that a note of victory? We could ask the question this morning, why rejoice in the Lord? And of course, we could answer. Here's one of the reasons whose names are in the book of life. Remember the theme of Philippians is be joyful. And here they're given a reason whose names are in the book of life. My theme today, as I've said, is the joy of knowing your name is in the book of life. See, many in the first centuries, life was hard. It was difficult. Even the church at Philippi was facing a hard time. There was dangers had come into the church from without. And of course, there was danger from within. Think of the danger of uh, this disagreement becoming so divisive that it ended up um, uh, bringing discord and disunity into the church. Paul was in prison. Um, they, they felt that they were living in bad, mad, sad times. The, the world seemed that they lived in was in rebellion to God. Uh, sin and evil abounded. Uh, the whole world seemed bent in the course of hell, dedicated to material things, living without God, without Christ, and without hope. And many were discouraged. Many had lost their joy. And into this sad, bad, mad world, there was a group of believers. And, and some of them were together in, in the city of Philippi. And here's Paul writing from prison to encourage them. And he wants them, as we think of the theme, be joyful. And that, that's, what, that's what Philippians is all about. Two words, be joyful. It's mentioned something 24, 25 times in a variety of contexts. And I'm saying to you this morning... Even though you're here in the 21st century, and maybe you feel, well, I'm living in a bad, mad, sad world as well, and, and I'm discouraged, and, and times are hard for me, and I've got tears and difficulties as well, and you're telling me to rejoice? Give me a reason to rejoice. Well, here's one of the reasons whose names are in the book of life. And that's what I want to think about this morning. The joy of knowing your name is in the book of life. And I want you to be encouraged and helped today. I want you to think of the recognition of the book of life. Underline the words in your Bible, the book of life. You see, when I read that, the first thought that came to mind was this, that God has a book. And we're given the name of it. It's called the book of life. And I want you to think this morning of the importance of the book. 
And I'm going to take the uh, words from let the Bible speak and exactly do that. Let the Bible speak. Here we have a reference, Philippians 4 verse 3, whose names are in the book of life. If you turn over this morning to the book of Revelation, and we'll just sort of stick with Revelation. Um, Look with me at Revelation chapter 3. That's the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. Now, I'm just attempting to let the Bible speak to your heart. I'm just underscoring the importance of the book. It says, Revelation 3 and 5, this is to the church at Sardis. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Notice the mention, the book of life. And also then come to Revelation chapter 13 and the verse 8. Here's another reference uh, to the uh, book of life. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And then if you turn to Revelation chapter 17 and verse 8. We're given similar information. It says there, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wander, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And also, if we turn to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Come down to verse 15, the same chapter, Revelation 20, 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And then in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 27 we read, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then another reference, and this time in Revelation 22 and verse 19, it says, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy... God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. Now here's eight references in the New Testament and they mention the book of life. And two of the references specifically add a little bit and it's called the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It's also called the Lamb's book of life. And I want you to see the importance of the book. Because the book exists. And it's God's book. And it's in heaven today. Do you know that Moses knew about this book? He knew of its existence. He recognized it as a fact. In fact, he made reference to it. Turn over there to Exodus chapter 32 and verse 32. 
Exodus 32 and 32. This is after the incident with the worshipping of the golden calf. We read in verse 31, Exodus 32, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, O this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Verse 32, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Do you notice the reference? Thy book. Moses was saying to God, you've got a book. And then God is talking about my book in the verse 33. Now, now that's important. And I want you to also learn something else. King David knew about this book. Turn over there in the Psalms. You're doing an awful lot of turning this morning, and I'm sorry, but I want you to underline this. Psalm 56, and look with me at verse 8. Now, if you're discouraged today, down in the dumps, having a difficult time, underline this text in your Bible. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? You see, again, the psalmist said in Psalm 69, I believe it's in verse uh, uh, 28, he, he um, uh, said this in Psalm 69, verse uh, 28, let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. Also there in Psalm 139, there's another reference of the psalmist to the book. Look with me at verse 16, Psalm 139, verse 16. I know this is more like a Bible study, but this is important. Psalm 139, verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written. This is about conception. This is when a baby is being formed in the womb, which in countenance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Now, now, do you see that? Could I tell you something else? Daniel knew about this book. In Daniel 12, we read, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Now, let me give you one other reference. You, you've been following me so far. You've been very patient. Turn over there to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and we'll read the verse 20. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. paused here for I must have the wrong reference I have to 
Yes, sorry, sorry, it is, no, it is 20. I'm looking at the wrong one. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now you see, we're establishing just, just this point. In recognition of the book of life, the importance of it in the Bible. God has a book. Moses recognized that. David recognized that. The psalmist recognized that. Daniel recognized that. Malachi recognized that. He called it in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, a book of remembrance. God has a book called the book of life. Twice it's added It's the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It's the Lamb's book of life. A book of remembrance. He knows all about us. A book where he records our wanderings, our our life's journey. He, He records our tears. He records our trials. See, God knows all about your tears. God knows all about your trials. Hasn't taken him by surprise. A book where he has a record of our birth. A book of the moment of our conception. A book where the members of our body as they were formed are, are, are there for God to see. A book written from the foundation of the world. A book that has the name of every true believer in it. When you think about the book of life, the recognition of the book, it's important because it's there in the scriptures. It's real. God is a book and it exists and these men knew it. Now, I want you to think secondly, and I watch the time, the identity of the book. It's called the book of life. Now, maybe I should turn you this morning just to uh, focus on one passage. Uh, Revelation chapter 20. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. We'll go back there. And in Revelation chapter 20, think of these words. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Now, remember, Revelation 20 is all about the great white throne judgment. It's judgment day. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. So think in judgment day. This is the day for which all other days were made. What books are opened? I'm going to suggest to you the book of the law is opened. The Holy Bible. The scriptures. How how do I know the Bible will be used in the day of judgment? Because remember what the Lord Jesus told us in John chapter 12 and verse 48. He said in John 12 and 48, To his disciples, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The book of law is opened. And then it says in Revelation 12, and another book was opened. So in addition to the book of the law, the scriptures, there's another book. And what's it called? Which is the book of life. Do do you see that? This book that God has called the book of life, it's also opened on judgment day. 
And I believe it's a book of records. It's a book like a register of all the individuals throughout the world whom God has ever given the gift of physical life to. From the beginning of time, the date of birth, the details of their existence, their, their, their depravity, their, 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 their words, their, their thought, their deeds, their, their decisions, the, the date that they trusted Christ. And then there's another book. And it says, And the dead were judged out of those things were written in the books according to their works. And most of the commentators admit and accept that there's a, a book called the Book of Labors. Now, whether there's three books or two books, some say there's four. I must confess, I, I can accept that there's three. If somebody wants to argue there's four, and there's a different book called the Lamb's Book of Life, just with the names of believers in it and the date they get saved and the, the details of their lives, I, I'm not going to argue that fact. But here's the identity of the book. It's a book of life. And I believe that those who are born again, who have new life in Christ, those who are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, who were gifted physical life. You see, God places a great value in life. Life is not cheap, men and women. He's the giver of life. He's the taker of life. We live in a society where life is cheap. Think about abortion. Murder in the womb. Think of homicides. The, the death of that man, Mr. Ogle, in East Belfast a few days ago. All murder is wrong. Every murder that's cold-blooded and premeditated is evil in the sight of God. And ought to be denounced. Because the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. God, life is so precious to God that he records it. Think of the, the reference, he that hath the Son hath life. On the day that you received the Son of God, you, you, you received eternal life. And, and God is a record of that date and that time. And, and we're told something else about the book. Those whose names are not found in the book of life or the Lamb's book of life are cast into death and hell forever. Isn't that what Revelation 21.15 says? And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Here's judgment day. We're being taught something here. You and I will stand before God. You can try to forget it. You can ignore it. You can protest about it. You can pretend it's not real. But, but John saw it. And the big thing is, is your name in the book of life. God has given you physical life. Has God given you spiritual life? Has he a record of that in Christ? I'm not asking you if your name's in a school role or an electoral role or, or a memorable role, a memorial role. Did you know that in Edinburgh Castle, there's a, a book of all who died in the First World War from Scotland? And you can go there to Edinburgh Castle and you can see the book. It's housed in a casket. In St. George's Street in London, in one of the chapels there, I think it's at St. George's Chapel. There's a memorial of all those that died in World War II in the Blitz in London. 6,000 names, ordinary citizens. Four volumes are bound with their names and a page is opened every day to, to remember. 
So there's the identity of the book. It's a book of life. Could I, could I just suggest something else? And I'm conscious here. The inscription on the book. Think about this. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. On judgment day, there's a search made. There's an investigation going on. Think of the word found. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God is making an inquiry. Is it possible that names have been blotted out? Remember God said to Moses, your name shall not be blotted out. But sinners' names shall be blotted out, certainly those that were guilty of worshipping the golden calf. And this book of life and the Lamb's book of life, these books are one and the same. A day when there's a record of physical life, but a day of the record of spiritual life. The book of life of the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. And I want to ask this morning, was there a day, a time, when you received Christ as Lord and Savior? When you were born again? Have you a testimony that, that, that you love the Lord? Is Christ your Lord and Savior? Are you a true and genuine believer today? Have you a desire for God? Are you living for Jesus Christ? Can you honestly say, I'm a worshiper of the God in heaven. I, I delight in prayer. I have, a, I have a desire for heaven in my soul. I have a love for the Bible. I have a love for the Savior. See, we're going to close this morning and we're going to sing a hymn later on. And that hymn is entitled, um, When the Trumpet of the Lord Shall Sound. And time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the sea of the verse shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. That hymn was written by a man called James um, Milton Black, and uh, he lived in New York. He had a love for music, he had a love for organs, and he belonged to the Methodist Church, and he was also the Sunday school superintendent. And uh, when he moved away to Philadelphia, uh, to another Methodist church, he carried on that same work. And um, as Sunday school superintendent, he had such a love and passion for boys and girls that he did all as he could to, to get the children in. And he, he found this little girl in a back alley somewhere. Her name was Bessie and she was 14. She was the daughter of a drunkard and he invited her to come to the Methodist Sunday School in the Sunday afternoon and she came. Now what he did in the Sunday School, every week he called the roll and you had to shout here or present. And then you had to get up and you had to recite the memory verse of the last week. And of course he, he did that for a, a, a number of weeks and Bessie was there and he taught her personally the memory verse. Uh, on this particular day when he called the roll, Bessie was absent. So he went to the house. He discovered she had pneumonia. The daddy was drunkard. He had no money to buy any medicine or get a doctor. So uh, th this man, uh, James Black, he, he got his own personal doctor to come and paid for him. And the doctor said, well, look, I'm sorry. She's got pneumonia. There's not much we can do. Remember, th this is 1881. And ten days later, Bessie died. 
And uh, James Black, you see, he was asked by the daddy, because the daddy had no church connection, well, will you be involved in the funeral? Will you get the Methodist church to, to bury Bessie? So he decided that he wanted a special hymn to be used at that time. And he searched all the Methodist hymn books. Remember, he's a lover of music. He plays the organ. And, and he couldn't find anything. So he decided before the Lord, he would write one. And do you know what hymn he wrote? This very hymn that's in our book. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound. And time shall be no more. And the morning breaks, eternal bright and fair. When the sea of the verse shall gather over on the other shore. The roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. He talked about the roll call. And about Betsy being in the Sunday school. And when he called her name, she shouted, Here! And of course we have to do that in the presbytery every month when we go. Um, Carrie Duff will be called out and I have to shout here. And if I'm not there, uh, then George has to shout out here. And, and, and it's, there's a record. Carrie Duff was represented in the presbytery. And I want to tell you the words of that hymn hasn't changed. I wonder this morning if in God's book there's the names of all who've been saved by the grace of God. When God calls the roll, will you be able to say, here, present? Or will your name not be in the book at all? We've talked about the importance of the book, the identity of the book, the, 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 the uh, inscription in the book. You see, if we go back to our text, and I'm only really opening this up because I have so much material to tell you this morning and I'm not going to get through it all. But remember, he has already mentioned someone whom he called a true yoke fellow. He talked about those women which labored with me in the gospel. He mentioned a man by name of Clement. He mentioned other my fellow laborers. And, and we could read through the book of Philippians and he mentions other individuals. Epaphroditus, for example. And, 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 and Timothy was mentioned. And, and, you know, these were by and large ordinary people. Uh, Lydia, no doubt, was there. Uh, the Philippian jailer and his family was there. The, the demon-possessed girl that was saved in Philippi when Paul first went was there. And a host of others. And what's he telling these fellow laborers? He's telling them something important. In the hardness of this day, in this sad, mad, bad world, there's something I want you to do. I want you to remember that your names are written in the book of life. And therefore, in light of that, rejoice that they're written there. Remember he said to the disciples, and we read it, it took me a minute or two to find it in Luke 10, notwithstanding in this rejoice not. See, they were rejoicing in the fact that they were seeing people healed. They were rejoicing that the dead were being raised. They were rejoicing that the demons were subject unto them. And what did the Lord Jesus say? Notwithstanding in this rejoice not. That the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Are you getting it hard this morning? Is life for you difficult? Have you shed many tears and you need help? Remember, that's all written in God's book. And you can rejoice that your name is also there. Can I say this in closing? 
Only those in the book go to heaven. If you look with me at Revelation chapter 21, look at the last verse. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. You see, is your name in the book? If it's not in the book, there's no entrance to heaven. And, and, and if there's no entrance into heaven, then you, you'll be cast into hell and the lake of fire for all eternity. Did you ever think to yourself why it's called the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world? Or why it's called in Revelation 21, 27, the Lamb's book of life? Here's the answer. Why the Lamb? Because there's no entry into heaven without the Lamb. It's only in the ground of a shed blood. He said, I'm come that you might have life and you have it more abundantly. Have you got life in Christ? You see, this is to be a day of discovery. I was thinking just about Schindler's List, not that I've ever watched the film. I should, I know, but I, I, I sort of have difficulty watching those type of things. 1,200 names in Schindler's List. For those who are not in the list, where do they end up? In the death camps, in the concentration camps of the Nazis. And, and, and the vast majority of them died there. Those that were not in the list went to the death camps that were taken away. But those that were on the list, they were kept safe. Is your name in the list? You see, it, it speaks of permanence. It speaks of something that's a settled reality. Something that's there for all eternity and can't be removed. God has given you physical life. But as God give you spiritual life through Christ, only you can answer. I've tried to outline the importance of the book as we recognize it. I've tried to give you the identity of the book. It's the book of life. And it'll be opened along with the other books in the day of judgment. And there'll be an inquiry. And there must be an inscription of your name in the book. If you want to have the assurance of heaven. When the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. Why? Because you've been good. You went to church. Because you joined the church. No. Because your name's in the book. Because there was a day when you come to Christ as a sinner. And you repented of your sin. And you asked Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior. And having received him as Lord and Savior. You, you, you had the assurance that you were his. And when the book is opened. It was discovered that the name was put there. From the very foundation of the world. We could talk this morning about. Your responsibility of the name in the book. We could talk this morning about having a regard for the name in the book. But we'll maybe we'll leave that to another time. We'll maybe look at it from a different angle in time to come. But I trust the Lord will bless these few words, stammering as they are to our hearts this morning.